Dan, I'm done. No more reaching for the impossible. Now that comes from a real listener. So do you want to believe you're capable of more than you're doing now? Do you want to shoot for the stars? Or have you decided, like the old Jack Nicholson movie, maybe this is as good as it gets? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Now, I'm going to come back to that opening comment there a little later in the episode here to talk about that gentleman and maybe your similar feelings at times about that. But we got a whole lot of other things that I want to cover today as well. I want to start off with 10 songs that tell us how bad Mondays are. I want you to tell you how to watch out for fake job offers. Then I want to share with you some of the survey results. A whole lot of you responded to our survey, for which I'm very, very grateful. It's so informative for me. I want to tell you what some of the results are so you kind of know what crowd you're running in in here. And then uh, Tina wants to get a PhD. Should she go for it? So those are some of the things we're going to be covering today in 48 Days Podcast. Quotation comes from John Wooden, a legendary basketball coach who said, make each day your masterpiece. Now, John carried in his pocket a little card that was given to him by his dad. His dad had adopted seven principles that are in history out there in other ways, but these are the principles that inspire John every day. Number one, be true to yourself. Number two, help others. Number three, make each day your masterpiece. Number four, drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Number five, make friendship a fine art. Six, build a shelter against a rainy day. Seven, pray for guidance and count and give thanks for your blessings every day. Now that's how John Wooden started his day. Not a bad way to check it out. If you want to get that list, it's easy to find. Just check it out there or however you find your information. But uh, that's what he carried. It's good to have those kind of simple principles that just inspire us, keep us on track, keep us focused day after day. Our resource today this is a resource where you can go. It's we, we it's a 48 days resource. And you can look at the 14 questions that I often use with people to get them started, you know, on your own path of self-direction reflection. So you can answer these questions, you'll get them right sent right back to you immediately so you can reflect and review them. They're just good to go through and just ask yourself these questions. If you're really wanting to get clear, we're still here at the beginning of a year. Great time to do that. So if you go to 48dayseagles.com slash DIY, do it yourself. Again, it's 48dayseagles.com slash DIY. You can check that out there. Of course, we're going to be going through real life questions. You all are encouraging me to continue the kind of format that we've got here. So if you go to 48dayseagles.com slash askdan, you can leave your questions there. Now, here are 10 songs. I, I did a quick search on this because we hear so much talk negatively about Mondays. Now, as you know, one of the books that I wrote is No More Dreaded Mondays, because I always viewed Mondays as a, the first day of opportunity in the week. Well, Sunday certainly is that as well, but Monday's a great day to get started on what you're doing to 
prove that you are doing meaningful, purposeful, profitable work. But there's so many songs that reflect negatively about Monday. So I'm going to give you 10 of those just to think through. That's not the way that you think, but these, the more common approach to Mondays is, oh no, you know, oh my goodness, oh no Mondays. So number one, and you hear me reference this a lot of times, is Monday, Monday by the Mamas and the Papas. You know, Monday, Monday, you remember this, you can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, sometimes it just turns out that way. On Monday morning, you gave me no warning of what was to be. Every other day, every other day of the week is fine. But whenever Monday comes, whenever Monday comes, you can find me crying all the time. My goodness. All right. Well, here, here's, I'm going to just run through these just for fun. And if you've got songs where Monday is reflected positively, I'd love to hear about those as well, because that's certainly not the norm. Manic Monday by the Bangles. Now, this is um, talks about the stresses of Monday mornings. Um, the band speaks for all of us when we find it so difficult to get out of bed, especially when we had a fun weekend. So again, you have fun on the weekends, and then boom, you're hit like a sledgehammer with Monday morning. All right, number three on my list of 10 is Monday Morning Merle by Cody Johnson. You know, when you're going through a heartbreak, listening to songs can help you deal with the pain. The man in this song has just broken up with his girlfriend. He's trying to get over her. Monday Morning Merle. All right, number four is Every Little Honky Tonk Bar by George Strait. You know the deal. The weekend starts fine on Friday night. And with in the song, it claims you'll be living, having fun. You go into the weekend thinking you're ready to take on anyone. But then when Monday morning comes around, it's pretty much a given that you'll be dragging at work while trying to recover from the weekend. Or even, even good guy, Alan Jackson, Monday morning church. I mean, this is one that's going to tug at your heartstrings. He talks about a man who's lost the woman he loves. I mean, since she was gone, life has never been the same again for this man. It prompts him to say, you left my heart as empty as a Monday morning church. <laughs> you know, usually churches are empty on Monday mornings. And so that's the comparison. You left my heart as empty as a Monday morning church. Well, Jimmy Buffett comes in at number six here with come Monday. A missing somebody is a bad feeling. You want to Close that distance, have that person back in your arms. That's what Jimmy Buffett's talking about in this song, Come Monday. In a song, he's lamenting the downside of being away from the woman he loves. Number seven, Monday morning, Fleetwood Mac. You know, from the lyrics, we can tell that it's about a man who keeps waiting on a woman. The line, first you love me and then you fade away. I mean, it's proof that the woman's not really serious or, or sure that she loves him. Monday morning, again, just pining away because there's he's not sure where he stands with the woman he loves. And then another one, Merle Haggard, if we're not back in love by Monday. Now, we know that for a relationship to work, both partners need to make an effort. The man here wants to try to rekindle or rediscover their love before calling it quits. But he says, if by Monday we've not fallen in love, then he's ready to accept they're not meant to stay together. And I could do commentary on some of the philosophy behind these. I'm not going to do that. They're just here for fun overview. And then we're going to go back to doing things that we know we do love on Monday mornings and talking about real questions that you've got. The Carpenters, number nine on my list is rainy days and Mondays. You remember that? Rainy days and Mondays, what happens? Always get me down. 
Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. And then I closed out the list here with a Fats Domino song, Blue Monday. Here we have Fats Domino singing his familiar song, Blue Monday, the sun, this, this song about the struggles we all go through during the work week. A Blue Monday signifies the struggles of going back to work after a weekend off. All right, well, there you go. Just to get it out of our system, most people view Mondays negatively. We don't need to do that. You don't need to get caught up in that. But it's funny how frequently that kind of mentality slips into song lyrics. Song lyrics from the heart, people talking about real life, and those are real feelings that a lot of people have. You don't have to have that. You don't. You know what? If you if you send me um, a positive song, I'll send you a copy of No More Dreaded Mondays. Send me a positive song lyrics. So again, just shoot that over to me. I'm sure there are some out there. I just I I didn't I I didn't look for good or bad. I just looked for songs about Monday, and everything that showed up was negative. So. And I didn't take time to really research it, but love your help on that. Now, there are a whole lot of people who have gotten laid off recently. You may wonder, you know, everybody's hiring and they are, but in certain sectors, there's been a lot of layoffs, a lot of those in tech companies. I mean, think about what's happening with Amazon and with Twitter. You know, there's, a, there's thousands of people being laid off in tech jobs. What that does, unfortunately, it sets up for scammers out there to target those people with fake job offers. It's really easy to do. It's all done behind the scenes. People are used to doing interviews virtually anyway these days, just doing it online and getting job offers that way. That's not uncommon. Now, a few years ago, it would have been really strange if you didn't go to an office somewhere and sit down with somebody and actually do an interview. But Today, things have changed. So that part of the process is not unexpected, and it makes it really easy for people to slide in using that same format and just tricking people into giving them money. So be very, very careful. I mean, we're told that last year, uh, U.S. workers lost over $200 million from employment-related scams. It's just an easy target. I mean, somebody who's out of work, they post on LinkedIn. It's easy to go there and see people who are looking for opportunities. You can see their background, so you can talk their language. You can walk him right through this. I mean, here's a guy who met virtually with a man who said he was a human resources official. And then he told him that, yes, after looking at all his credentials, interviewing him, went through an interview and said, yes, you're the man we want for this. You need to order a laptop headphones and some other remote work equipment so you can work where you are. And he got an invoice immediately for $3,200. So they could set him up with the work things that he needed to work in this high level job that he was going to get. And, and there are people here who are promising, you know, $200,000 in a job, but you have to get this equipment. And of course, you know where that goes. You pay for the equipment, and never hear from them again. It's, it just it turns my stomach to think about it, but it's it's common, and we just need to be knowledgeable about it. I mean, a lot of companies are misrepresented. I mean, you may get a call from you know Nike or Reebok or Boeing or McDonald's or whatever you know well known companies even be directed to a fake website a lot of times. 
But then people go through this process. And once the applicant accepts the offer, it's not uncommon for this company to ask for sensitive information like social security or bank account numbers. You know, geez, we just have to verify your bank numbers so we know where to deposit your paychecks. I mean, all this stuff can be laid out and very, very, these, these people are pros. They're sophisticated in what they're doing. Trust me, don't get taken in by that. All right. Hey, I want to share with you a little bit about the survey that we just put out at the end of the year. We do a survey for you podcast listeners and, um, hundreds and hundreds of you responded. I, I'm so grateful for the feedback that you gave us because it's really, really helpful in me figuring out, you know, we need to tweak things that we're doing, change it. I mean, I want to be responsive to what helps you most, what moves you along toward a life you love. And you all responded very, very graciously. Now we gave away some prizes there. Uh, Denise Miller won a coaching session with me. I've got that scheduled. I think this next week we're going to be getting together. So that was one of the giveaways, one of the prizes we got. And then we gave away um, copies of an understanding heart. And those went out to Jeremy Demarest, Todd Wilson, Chris Miller, Brian Knight, Nicole Webb, Clara Castaneda Lamas, Susan Hughes. Those were winners of an understanding heart. So again, thank you to all of you for participating in that, giving us a valuable, valuable input. Now, here's some of the results of that. I just want to let you know who else is listening to this podcast so that you don't think that, gee, I'm the only one who's in this particular situation. 30% of you are full-time employees, but dreaming of more. That's a real critical distinction because there's also an option. 4% of you said you're full-time employees and you're, you're happy with that. Okay. 17% are full-time employees. 12% are retired, but involved in purposeful activities. 2% are stay-at-home moms or dads. 5% doctors, lawyers, dentists, pharmacists, accountants, people like that with professional degrees. Now, again, it, when we look at academic backgrounds, 15% of you, you have a high school degree. 54% have a college degree. 27% have a master's degree. So that that's what 80, 81%. Have. Well, and then 5% have an MD or a JD or a DDS or a PhD or some kind of professional degree like that. Now, I have. A, if you think you're alone, I mean, I have pages and pages of input from frustrated pastors, just as one example. I mean, you're not the only one. Pharmacist, it's real common to hear from them. So much has changed in the duties that they're expected to do. Dentist, dentists have always been pretty much at the top of the list for people who contact us because they're frustrated in what they're doing. There's a lot of reasons for that. I asked a dentist one time, I said, you know, why are you guys so ticked off at the work you're doing? He said, geez, everybody that comes in is angry about being there. Nobody wants to come to a dentist. It's a negative setup right from the beginning. Now, I know there are dentists out there who make it a very pleasant experience, even though it may be something you don't want to go through. But dentists in, in general have a lot of frustration with the, the work that they're doing. And we have a whole lot of you who are listening to this podcast, provide input here. Now, an overwhelming majority say you want to create a life you love, which really interested me. So more than the specifics about 
a particular career or how to approach a career path or even how to start a business. More of you are interested in creating a life you love, which really thrills me because, as you know, in the last version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I inserted a one little two words in there that are 48 Days to the Work and Life you love because of exactly what you're telling me here now. That's been a trend over the last several years that more and more people, rather than just wanting to know how to update their resume, how to do an effective interview, negotiate salary, you know, no, it's how can I create a life that I love? So you clearly pointed that out in your feedback here. Now, the next category was income range. Now, what happened on these, you know, you all had specific things that you could rank and then we're given the opportunity just to make comments. And again, you made comments that it'll take me all year to go through. I told Joanne yesterday, if I never got a question from anybody again this year, I've got enough fodder in the survey results here with questions and concerned obstacles, frustrations that people have that I could just draw from that. And I certainly will I'll draw a lot from that as we go through the year. <clears throat> the income range by far the highest category for income range that you all represent is a hundred thousand to 250,000. I mean, that was by far way out there as the biggest category. Next income range was 51,000 to 75,000. So not just under that or just over that, but in that range, that was where the next big category was. And then there was a significant number in the one to $3 million range. So again, if you think, well, gee, you know, maybe this is just for high school kids to listen to the 48 days podcast or people who are just starting out in their career path or somebody who just got fired. No, there are people who are doing extremely well. And frankly, we just um, had the doors open for the Eagles community. And I was, uh, I, I recognized some of the names coming in. We had a lot of new people come in and I saw experienced people who are, you know, authors, um, people who are professionals, people who are real estate investors, pastors, because I recognize some of the names in there. In terms of age, 25% of you listening are 26 to 48 years old. 74% are 49 to 64 years old which surprised me. That seems to have been bumped up a little bit from our last last out there. Incidentally, boy, I don't have it right here in front of me, but we also had a bigger proportion of you at males than females. Now, it's still relatively close, but it used to be like really, really close. I mean, like 48% to 52%, that kind of thing. But this is a little farther spread this year for some reason, more males. I'll go back and look at the exact percentages on that. But again, 25% of you are 26 to 48 years old. 74% are 49 to 64 years old. 12% are 65 to 79 years old. And then of course we have those under that are like 15 years old to 26 years old as well. A smaller percentage there. What topics do you want to hear from? From me in 48 days? Number one, without anything close, is creating work I love. Number two behind that is mindset, which I love. I love talking about that. 
And then the specifics of starting a business or finding a job are really far behind that. Now, this this gives me a lot of fodder, a lot of input for even shaping what I'm working on already. That'll be the 2025 edition of 48 Days to the Work You Love. I update it every five years. So we got, you know, 05, 10, 15, 20, and then the new one will be the 2025 version, which I'll be working on a lot next year. I mean, I already am. This is 2023, but to have it come out in 2025, it needs to be completed by about June of next year. So I've really just got a little more than a year to compile the new information that'll go into that updated version. And this helps me shape that. So instead of just the specifics, again, of doing a resume or interviewing or negotiating salary, those kind of things that we're in, heavily more heavily focused on in the early versions of 48 days, we're moving more toward how do you create a life that you love? What podcast content do you want? You know, what do you enjoy having as a content? Now, recognize that a great majority of podcasts out there are interview-based. So the host interviews people, has new people every week. I go through that. That's never been my format. I came off of six years on live radio, as you know, in Nashville, Tennessee. I was taking live callers at a three-hour show on Sunday nights in Nashville. So it was live listener questions, just one after another. They just, we just line them up. So when I moved to podcasting, I thought, could I do that? Even though it's not real time live, could I continue to do that? And thus we have that dedicated mailbox where you send your questions and we just continue like that. And it has done nothing but grow and grow and grow. So that is a popular format. When I have guests on this podcast, inevitably I'll get a note from a few of you who say, nah, 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 don't do that. You know, when you have guests, we can decide in the first three minutes if we're going to listen or not. When you have listener questions, we never know what's coming next. And you keep us all the way to the end. I mean, I get that over and over and over again. Again, with all due to respect to the 87% of podcasts out there that are interview-based, mine is not. But you are saying, yes, keep it like it is. Here's how you listed those your, your responses there. Number one, in terms of preference for podcast content, is listener questions and responses. Number two is my, my thoughts on a particular topic, which I'm grateful for. Number three, success stories from new listeners. Number four, specific themes for shows, which I've done more this last year than I've ever done before. No specific theme, or I'm just going to develop that. And then at the very end, the very bottom, number five, is interviews with other thought leaders. And we, we framed that in a very positive way, I thought, you know, with other thought leaders, you know, people who are authors or celebrities or people who have been CEOs of companies. Nope. That rated absolutely last, which is my personal preference. I mean, I love addressing the questions that you all pose or taking a particular issue and just unpacking it. So uh, thank you again so much for your information. I will be drawing from that all year long because there are thousands of comments in there that you give me inspiration for what you want to hear about, the things that concern you, the things that you consider to be road roadblocks or obstacles. And so I'll continue to draw from that for a long time to come. And it's again, incidentally, you know, 
the, to keep those questions coming in or comments or suggestions or resources for other people, which I get a lot of as well. If you just go to 48days.com slash ask Dan, you can do all that. Leave it right there. And then, then we had one of the questions near the end was, would you be interested in more live events to meet others on the same success path as you? 74% of you said, yes, you're ready for live events again, which I'm thrilled about. We've got one coming up. We've got one. We're working on the details, but it's going to be August the 9th, 10th, and 11th here in Sarasota, Florida. We got a beautiful conference center right next to Der Dutchman Restaurant. We're going to have Der Dutchman set up um, buffet dinners for us and have a great time with that, but get a lot of things planned. So we are planning that one. And we're also working on details for a couple regional meetups. There will be smaller events, but just regional meetups. This last year, you know, I had five Food for Thought with Dan, where we had just 12 people at those. But the meetups, you know, we probably would be expecting 50 or 60 people at a time at those. And we're getting... We're talking to people in Nashville and Dallas and a couple other areas as well about potentially having those meetups this year. So thrilled that you all are ready for that again. We certainly are looking forward to that. And there's something special about meeting in person as opposed to just virtually. All right. A couple quick uh, comment questions here and we'll be wrapping things up for today. But this came from Juan, who was the precipitate of my opening comment because he says, dear Dan, thanks for all you do, but I'm done. No more doing the impossible. It looks like all I can do is what I'm doing now. Thanks for all your materials. So a very kind note, but he says, I'm, I'm tapped out. You know, it's like in the, the Navy SEALs in the training. If you find it more than you can handle, you just ring the bell, you tap out and you're out. Well, Juan is tapping out. Now, I don't know, Juan, if you're going to continue listening or if you're just tired of hearing all this positive thinking garbage on here anyway, if you're really going to just settle for where you are now. You know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I I had a podcast listener, faithful podcast listener, Steve Barkley, sent me a book just this last week, The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler. The Art of Impossible. Now, in this... Um, on the on the dust jacket here, it says, we are capable of so much more than we know. That's the message at the core of The Art of Impossible. Building upon cutting-edge neuroscience and more than 20 years of research, Stephen Kotler, best-selling author, peak performance expert, lays out the blueprint for extreme performance improvement. If you want to aim high, here's the playbook. Inspirational and aspirational, pragmatic and accessible, The Art of Impossible is a life-changing experience disguised as a how-to manual for peak performance that anyone can use to shoot for the stars. Space suit not included. I love the whole setup of this. I'm about halfway through it already. I mean, I put it at the top of my reading list. I've got that. And then Influence. I got a whole stack of books right here beside me on my desk that I'll be reading very, very quickly to get me started on new thinking, how to reach for the impossible. So again, I, I'm, well, I mean, I have to accept where you are, Juan, on this. I mean, I have to accept that if if you're happy, then I'm happy. If you're not, then I want to help you find some new opportunities. But uh, the way you phrase that, I'm done, no more of the impossible. It looks like all I can do is what I'm doing now. It sounds like kind of a, a defeated resignation rather than, ooh, I'm really happy with this. 
So you make the decision on that. But if you have that incentive to do something that is impossible to move toward that, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about that right here. All right. Now, I've got an audio clip here I want you to listen to. This is Tina. She left me a real clear, short message, and we want to address that, and we'll wrap it up with that. Here's Tina. Hello, Dan. This is Tina Smith. I have a question. I've always wanted to get a PhD in mechanical engineering because it's always intrigued me and excited me. And I've always just wanted a PhD. And it seems like there's never a good time to go get one. I've heard a lot of people saying that, you know, getting that upper level degree could be a waste of money. But it's something that I'm interested in. Is there another way to earn a PhD? Right now, I have a bachelor's in physics. But I really have always loved higher learning and just taking those harder courses to push myself. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much. And I love the um, 48 Days podcast. And I just joined the community like two days ago. So I'm excited for everything I'm going to learn. Thanks. Bye. Well, thanks, Tina, for that. And welcome to the 48 Days Eagles. We had um, we opened the doors to that. And then I did a, a webinar on how to use 15 hours to build your side business. We had a great response to that. And a whole lot of people decided to jump into Eagles community where we talk about those ideas all the time. Now the doors are closed again, but I spent the entire weekend working on putting together those welcome packages where I sent an autograph copy of 48 days out and some other little goodies in there and write a personal note to everybody who joined us. So I've got those all out. I didn't want to roll into the week with uh, that looming over me, and I want to get those out quickly to people. So again, welcome to all of you who are new members of the Eagles community, Tina, you included. Now as to your question, you want a PhD in mechanical engineering. You didn't give a lot of a rationale in terms of you hope that'll double your income or you really you know, want a particular job. It sounds to me like you just really love the learning process. This is a desire of yours. You don't need to rationalize it or to explain it to other people. My encouragement is if, if that's something that's really appealing to you, absolutely go for it. Go for it. You don't need to make justification to anybody else. Absolutely go, to, go for it. Now, with, with a couple cautionary points here for you as well, those being you don't have to go to Harvard or to Yale or to Cambridge to get your PhD in mechanical engineering. There's a whole lot of schools out there that offer that. I mean, Auburn, it looks like Auburn is one that's really highly rated for that. But if you go to, there's, I just did a quick search and you can find this. There's 35 best affordable online PhDs in mechanical engineering. And it just shows you these schools offer PhDs. They're flexible and affordable. So you can continue working while you move through this program and then look at ways to boost your salary, you know, make an impact in the world. So if your heart is telling you to get a PhD, absolutely do it. Be careful about what sacrifices you make to get it. As an example, don't amass $100,000 in student loan debt. I mean, if you just stop what you're doing now to spend these three years getting that PhD, there's going to be a huge opportunity cost. Now, opportunity cost, that means you have to look not only at the tuition, at the housing, the books, those direct expenses you'll have for your academic program, but you also have to take into account the lost income that you could have been earning during that time. So if you're making $80,000 a year and you stop for 
three years to get another degree. That right there is $240,000 of lost income. So you have to add that to the cost and then look at how much time is it going to take you to recover that. Now, that being said, I always tell people there are two reasons for getting advanced degrees. One is so you get a piece of paper that will give you a better job. Number two is for the personal growth and learning that take place. And I encourage you to do it for number two, totally. Now, if you get a better job, I mean, that's fine. But if you are looking just for the piece of paper so you get a better job, you're likely to be disappointed because things are changing so rapidly. Now, in mechanical engineering, there's a lot of specifics there, but and they're going to look for people who may not have a PhD, but have really great experience the last three years, or they headed up a project in the last six months. You know, those people are going to get advancements. I'm working with a gentleman right now who has a, a high level position with a company. He went in as a software developer, no, no college education just a good software developer. And he advanced up and because of his personal skills are so remarkable, he's now a division head. He has nine people that report to him. He's paid $400,000 a year. And he looks up and like, wow, how'd I get here? Well, that happens if you have the personal skills that are going to open more doors for you than the academic degrees are likely to ensure now, with, with my own background, I, mean, I went to college really as an escape from the farm. It wasn't because I was pursuing a particular career path. I was already an entrepreneur. I had plenty of ideas to pursue. I wasn't looking for a job. You know, it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with that at all. But I went to college as a kind of a politically and socially acceptable way to escape from the farm. And Joanna and I got married real quickly into my college years. And we started our lives together and went on. Then I was out of school for four years, just doing fun things. But I decided, I want to go back. I really like the academic environment. So I went back and got my master's degree in clinical psychology. Again, no desire to come out and get a job as a therapist or a counselor. That wasn't my point at all. I got out and started selling used cars and got to build up a couple other businesses. I had an RV rental business. We had motorcycle trailers and doing a lot of fun things. Then I had an auto accessories business. And then along the line, about, um, it was actually about 17 years after I got my master's degree, I told Joanne I wanted to get my doctorate. And of course, you know, she could easily say, gee, why do you want to do that? But she knows me well. I love studying. I love the academic environment. I love digging deep into deep philosophical, theological questions. And so I did that. I enrolled at Oxford. Oxford. The degree track was religion, uh, religion and society. So I would go back and forth to England, I'd go over there for three weeks, really go deep and mapping out a course of study, and then they come back home. So it was that process over a period of about three years. Completed all my doctoral studies. Now, if you've read 48 Days, you know that I didn't do the dissertation because I thought it was a waste of my time to create a document that only four old guys were ever going to read. So instead of doing that, I wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love, and it's had a much different impact than if I had just gotten that piece of paper. Now, that's another study, but it, or another story, but it's clear I didn't go get degrees so I would be able to get a job somewhere. Never had anything to do with it. Now, I'm an extreme example in that, Tina. 
but uh, certainly you can use a, a PhD in mechanical engineering to forward your career if, in fact, you want to do that. But if you frame it like this, if you do it where you don't go into debt, you know, no student loan debt. Now, I, I didn't have any student loan debt in the things that I'm talking about. Yes, you know, did Joanna and I pare down our living expenses during those years? Yeah, we did, but it was a clear choice and we weren't suffering. I mean, we had a whole lot of fun during that time. It wasn't like we put our lives on hold just to get the degree. But I, I'd caution you for pushing for that degree just because of the job opportunities. I mean, again, yes, you can certainly expect those to come. But again, get the degree for the personal growth and learning you'll get. Enjoy the process. Have fun. Golly, do it. I mean, you and you can do it very inexpensively. If you do a little research on just on how to get a PhD in mechanical engineering, believe me, you don't have to uh, expect to pay $100,000 to do that. You can do it for very, very, very much less than that. So have fun, enjoy, my goodness, go for it. Well, we're going to wrap up with that. Again, thanks for your input, your survey responses, your ongoing questions. You can always shoot those in. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan for that. I'll be delighted to include those in upcoming shows here. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being, well, a lot of you are noted that you're really long-term listeners. Again, I've been doing this podcast for since 2006. Before that radio, a lot of you uh, were listening to when I had a live radio show out of Nashville, Tennessee, which I'm forever grateful for your long-term loyalty here. But continue sending in those questions. Continue being open to growing being a powerful force. I know most of you listening here have not decided you're not going to approach the impossible anymore. You're still looking for those big opportunities, those peak performance things, as I am. So uh, pass the information along to others. Here we're still at the beginning of the year. Uh, Pass this along as a podcast to encourage other people that you know may be kind of stuck. And if you encourage them, they're going to thank you for that. They'll see you as a person to remember when their success grows. So stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.